God is good. And all the time. After that good music, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious, awesome God, Lord, thank you for the joy of music. Thank you for the stirring that it offers us. Uh, thank you for your presence in the midst of the music. Lord, thank you that we have this opportunity today to worship you. So we come before you, Lord, seeking to hear your voice once again. Set my voice aside that it's your voice that's heard clearly. In your name we pray. Amen. So what special seasonal event did we celebrate or recognize yesterday? Fall. But what about last Monday? Anybody know what last Monday was? It was National Cheeseburger Day. <laughs> so some staff and I, we went to Huey's and I got my favorite cheeseburger, the Blues 57. Lettuce, tomato, Heinz 57, blue cheese crumbles, and onion straws, and of course, french fries. It reminded me of another cheeseburger. You're smiling, a cheeseburger in paradise, right? I like mine with lettuce and tomato, Heinz 57, and french fried potatoes. What is it about Jimmy Buffett? It makes you smile. He's the kind of guy you just want to hang out with and be around. His, his music, his laid-back atmosphere, just the joy that it seems to bring and all that he sings and shares together. He epitomizes this Caribbean paradise lifestyle that perhaps we all yearn for. Where is paradise for you? What does paradise look like for you? Would it be eating cheeseburgers somewhere in the Caribbean islands or perhaps it would be someplace else all together. We often have our perceptions of paradise all mixed up. Paul David Tripp in his daily devotional, New Morning Mercies, talks about paradise. Hear what he says. We all try to turn this present world into the paradise we dream of. Is that true for you? We all try to turn this present world into the paradise we dream of. We're all dissatisfied with the way it is, and reality never seems to rise to the level of our dreams. We are frustrated from our failed attempts to turn this moment into the paradise it will never be. The cry of an infant the tears of a little child, the frustrations of a professional, the groans of an old man whose body doesn't work like it used to are all cries for a better world. God, for your good and his glory, has chosen to keep you for a while in this broken down world. He doesn't leave you alone or without resources. He blesses you each day with his new morning mercies. Our relationships, our jobs, our schools, our communities, even our church will never be the paradise that we want them to be in this world. But God, God himself, through his grace, has granted us a place in paradise, an internal place beyond cheeseburgers and Caribbean 
Islands. As we've been emphasizing stewardship the past several weeks, I begin to wonder, what is the relationship between stewardship and paradise? If we just had enough money, we could live in paradise. If we did not have any burdens or obligations, we could go and stay in paradise. If we won the lottery, we might even could help create paradise. But what type of paradise would that be? Here's the question for you this morning. What type of paradise are we trying to create through our stewardship? What type of paradise are we trying to create through our stewardship? Or let me ask that question differently, a much harder way to ask that question. What type of paradise are we trying to create by our lack of stewardship? And for whom are we creating it? Stewardship is about a relationship. A relationship with God and it becomes our practical expression and response to our faith through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. We've talked about hearing God's voice and we've been practicing heeding God's voice all to what end? Paradise? Maybe not the paradise that Jimmy Buffett sings about. But a paradise where the kingdom of God is a reality for all who live in it. And we each seek to do our part to make that a reality. Jesus in today's scripture talks about making known to us everything that he has heard from his father. Imagine that. Somebody, Jesus himself, making known to us everything that he has heard from his father. We have focused on hearing and heeding God's voice. That we too can make everything that we have heard that our joy in Him might be complete. That sounds pretty close to paradise to me. And a paradise that we don't have to go to, but one that comes to us wherever we are. Today's scripture, Jesus gives us a glimpse of what life is like in paradise. That we love one another just as Christ has loved us. Join me in that scripture passage that comes from the Gospel of John, chapter, <clears throat> chapter 15, yes, verses 11 through 17. John chapter 15, verses 11 through 17, beginning at verse 11. This morning, Join me in the Bibles that you've brought to your devices online. I hope you'll join us too. Or there's few Bibles before you if you'd like to share. Verse 11. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. 
But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I've heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I was curious. What does paradise look like? So I Googled it. I Googled a picture of paradise. And you know what came up? Hundreds of pictures of all the same thing. Three things. Sand, water, and palm trees. That seems to be what a picture of paradise is. But God gives us a picture, a different picture of paradise in today's scripture. Look at verse 11, the first verse that I shared with you this morning. That your joy may be complete. That your joy may be complete. There are powerful words we hear in today's scripture. They come in verse 16. Look at verse 16, skip in a few for just a minute. We did not choose God, but God chose us. Which begs the question, for what are we chosen for? To what are we called? Four things this morning that I want to share with you, and I hope you'll write them down. I think they're worth reflecting upon. Four things that we are chosen for. The first is we are chosen for joy. We're chosen for joy. What gives you joy? What is life-giving for you? Have you ever been in one of those circumstances? You're, you're stressed out. You're, you're either fearful or just angst. Not eating very well. You're definitely not sleeping very well. You're consumed with this issue of whatever it is that might be going on. We kind of want just to move to Australia or even the Caribbean islands. One thing that helps us, though, is to reframe our focus from that which burdens us, that which is consuming us, to something that will lighten that burden, even give us freedom from that burden. Something that gives us joy. What is it that gives you joy? The way of Christ is not always paradise in our eyes or even in the world's eyes. But when we, when we realize that our relationship with Christ redeems us as a sinner, we begin to find joy in our relationships. And we begin to see and discover the joy of others who benefit from the gifts that we have been given. We're chosen for joy. Second thing is, is we are chosen for love. We're chosen for love. It seems this world is focused on competition and correctness. But we're not chosen to be right, but to be righteous. To love in such a way that our brothers and sisters receive and know the love of Christ. How do we do that? Look at verses 12 and 13. 13, but a little bit of 12 too. How do we do that? We lay down our life. 
we lay down our life. Remember the story last week of the shepherd, the shepherd who's willing to lay down his life for his sheep. We know what Christ did for us. He gave his life as a sacrifice. Our call to stewardship is a call. It's a call for each of us to sacrifice that we and others may know joy and love beyond this world, despite the brokenness of this world that is around us. That sounds a lot like paradise. We're chosen for joy. We're chosen for love. We're also chosen for relationship or specifically friendship. Look at the first four verses of today's scripture, if you've got your Bible still open. Is there a common word that you see in three of those verses? It's the word friend. Imagine that. Jesus calls us friend. He wants to be in friendship with us. Imagine if you were a slave and all of a sudden you were called a friend. Our servant, and now someone looks upon you equally. What type of freedom would that offer you? Through Christ, we are offered an intimacy with God that no person knew before Jesus came into the world. Through Christ, we are offered an intimacy with God that no one knew before Jesus came into the world. This relationship with God is no longer something we yearn for, but something we can have now, today, on this earth. We don't have to wait for paradise one day. Through Christ, we enjoy that relationship with God now and look forward to being with Him in paradise. We're chosen for joy, we're chosen for love, and we're chosen for relationship. Lastly, we're also chosen to bear fruit. To bear fruit. Our relationship with God is not just for our own good. Christ shared his mind. He opened his heart. He told us everything. He held nothing back. And he calls us to do the same. So here's another question for us. Does our stewardship reflect such a partnership where we hold nothing back and bear fruit for others? Or is that fruit only for our benefit? Let me ask it in another way. Whose paradise are you Creating. Today we have an opportunity to leave the church in better condition than we found it. We have an opportunity to help what the church points to look a little bit more like paradise. Does what we give bear witness to the Christian faith? Does our fruit attract people to the faith or distract people from the faith? And will our fruit stand the test of time? 
We have an opportunity today and this week to make a commitment. A commitment to leave fruit that will last rather than stuff that will not. And when we do, God offers us something. Look at verse 16. God offers us something. A relationship, a relationship where there is no division between us and God. I think that's paradise. And we don't have to go to a Caribbean island or eat cheeseburgers to experience it. We can experience it now with God together. The name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for this glimpse of paradise in which you offer us. We recognize it. We yearn for it. Help us to make it a reality in our lives and our community. In your name we pray. Amen.